is ESPN Tucson. 1490 AM KFFN Tucson. KMXC HD4 Tucson. An Arizona Lotus Core radio station. The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. We, we uh, talked a lot. Well, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff to be said. A lot of stuff to be said. And hopefully people pick up on it. Uh, but I'm, I'm as concerned, well, Rex, safety, drive safe. We're going to have to take a break here in probably 30 seconds. And, um, yep, 30 seconds. So... I'm going to sign off for right now for this hour. You listen to Ryan Good morning, Southern Arizona, and the rest of you out there in cyberspace. Welcome to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here in beautiful Tucson, Arizona. We're on ESPN Radio, 1490 AM. We are not. We are no longer on 104.9 FM. You may want to pass the word. We're getting a lot of calls over the shop trying to find a show. It's 1490 AM only. I know we're all spoiled. I used to ride around and talk while I was in the vehicle, and I used to listen to it on 1490 AM, and then I'd get to a spot, and it didn't want to come across, and I would go ahead and switch it to FM. I no longer have that option. Oh, my heart's breaking. However, I'm still on 1490 AM. Nothing happened to the show. They just, that's just, that's the way things go. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along with me this morning, my good buddy and co-host, Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing for all your towing needs. Morning, Jim. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning to, out there to everybody in cyberspace. Or thanks for listening. Appreciate you waking up this morning with us. Remember, folks, to, I'm on the radio, so that makes it a super safe Saturday. What does that mean? That means slow down, move over, no texting and driving, no drinking and driving. Watch for the pedestrians and the bicyclists, the people we love to hate. Um <laughs> if you're working on your car, remember, use your jack stands, uh, safety glasses, hood props, and disconnect your batteries. So do a couple of little safe things there make your life a whole lot easier. Um, that being said, we can get rolling. Jerry? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people, uh, please use your – I want you to inspect your headlights and your taillights. And I want you to use the switch that turns them on. And when it's, you know, in the morning, headlights, uh, you, most of them can be replaced just by a little old bulb. You know, it don't take you that long. But it's so that we can see you. And I run across this, it seems like about every time I go out, especially in early morning and the evening, Turn the lights on, please. Check your lights. I've seen a car, it's about a 2022, that had a left front headlight out. And I'm going, okay. And when you're spotting it from a distance and it's not quite dark and it's not light, and people say, oh, okay, well, I can see 20 foot in front of me, so I'm okay. And I can't see you. 
and my vision is good. Yeah, I wear glasses at night, and I, I, I watch out. I'm probably the most conscious driver of watching for cars with headlights out as anyone out there driving. And I'm telling you, it, people, it's dangerous. Because keep in mind, when you're, when you're approaching a vehicle and that vehicle doesn't have his lights on and the guy right behind him has his lights on, your eyes are adjusted to the lights behind him, which cuts down your vision and your ability to see the guy in front of him. This, this is getting too spooky out there. I'm, you know, I'm thinking about putting these great old big lights on my truck like I have on uh, off-road vehicles so that I can just go ahead and blink you one time with those lights, and you, it'll either do one or two things. It'll blind you or you'll turn your lights on. But, no, that, that's just tongue-in-cheek there. I wouldn't do that to you because I know how aggravating it is. And for the four-wheelers out there that have the 8-inch lift kits on them, you, 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 you really wouldn't mind adjusting your headlights, I hope. And to keep them out of my side glasses, side mirrors, and uh, rear view mirrors, because that also blinds you. And a lot of cars don't have that automatic dimmer on their uh, inside mirrors. They do, I mean, on yeah, on the inside. And that thing gets rough, and you're scrambling to try to switch everything over to where you can actually see. You're having to turn your uh, mirrors on the outside of the cars. You're fumbling around with the buttons to try to get that light reflected someplace else. So please, you big guys out there that are running around, and I know you use them. You go off-road and all of this. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, be be polite. When you drive up on somebody behind, understand that your lights are directly in the mirrors. I mean, with an exclamation point. So please just, you know... Uh, Run with lights on, but oh my gosh, please adjust those lights to get them off of the people in front of you because it's blinding. And down the road, it, it's up higher than normal, and it's hard to see when you're driving with those big lights on or just your headlights. These new lights they have on these cars are blinding. So check all your lights, your brake lights. Uh, your headlights, your turn signal lights. I know we don't like to use a turn signal, but check them anyway to see if they're still working. Remember, that is the only communications on 99% of the cars that that's the communication signal between your car, your smart car, and my three-quarter ton Dodge diesel. So, uh, just let me know you're out there. I really don't want to run into anybody. Trust me. I don't want to run into anybody. I don't want to hit bicycles. Some of the bicycles on the roads has got headlights just out enough to blind you. But uh, they're normally hopefully in the other lane when you spot them, and they're kind of wiggling. So you figure, okay, it must be a bike. But they've got some good lights on them, and I'm glad to do. That keeps them from running over rattlesnakes and javelina and coyotes and stuff like that, too. So just just turn your lights on, but you've got to inspect them to see if you still have lights. I don't care if you had lights a week ago. I care if you got them when I run across you and you're out on the road. So just be be check them. Walk around your car about once, once or twice a week and check, look at your tires and turn all your lights on and just walk around the car and look and see if you have running lights and headlights and dim lights and bright lights and turn signals, you know, it won't take you but about a minute and a half to pull this off, maybe two minutes, 
if you have to go in and you're checking the right turn signal from a left turn signal. But it makes all the difference in the world and safety out on the road. So good luck with that. Got anything you want to add to that, Big Jim? Yeah, if, if your lights don't come automatically, make sure you turn your lights on. I followed a woman oh. the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and it was, it was you know, 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night. She was driving down 22nd Street, which is a fairly well-lit road in Tucson, Arizona. Not a headlight one, not a taillight one, not no red, dark red car, and couldn't just driving along because she could drive by the uh, by the light of the streetlights. Not even day, daylight running lights were on, which was quite amazing yep. to me. And just driving along and not you could if you roll you couldn't even see this car until you rolled up on it to get a little bit of a reflection. I waved, I did everything. Nope, lights dead off. So if they don't come on automatically, make sure they come on. And if for some reason the automatic, if your vehicle is equipped with an automatic light control, you know, make sure it turns on. Because all well, the car I drive, you actually have to reach down and turn them on manually. So it's it's one of those things. I have to get in the habit of turning them on. Every time I get in a vehicle that turns on automatically, I, I always want to go turn the lights on. I'm like, hey, it turned on for me. So if it doesn't turn on, you know, make sure, you know, check it. <laughs> Make sure it does turn on while you're driving or manually turn them on because even vehicles with automatic lighting, you can just, you can manually turn on. So, because it's, it's and another and it thing. Happens. Oh, yeah. When you go out shopping at night, and of course you're doing your grocery shopping, you go to one of these big box places or a well lit shopping center. And then you pull out of the shopping center and you pull out on the road. Well, it's so light in the shopping center, you don't realize that you forgot to turn your lights on until you roll out in the road in front of a bunch of people or get out on the, the main artery, and all of a sudden it seems like it's dark. Well, it is. Turn your lights on. <laughs> that That happens more than once, and it's happened to me a couple of times, so I know that it happens. But just pay attention to your lights. Pay attention to anything that has a safety issue in your vehicle while you're driving. Anything. I mean, anything. If you hit your brakes and they're squeaking, that's safety. If you uh, turn your lights on or forget to turn your lights on, that's safety. Uh, turn signals, that's safety. So anything that has to do with a safe operation of your vehicle Pay attention to it. That's your responsibility. And it also keeps me from running into you and it keeps you from missing your appointment because you're going to be there an hour for the cops to come and do the investigation and blah, blah, blah. You you, you know what I'm talking about. So just pay attention and be safe out there. And it is a super safe Saturday. As Jim says, every time he's on, it's a super safe Saturday. Now, Jim, for the ones of you that don't know, owns Frontier Towing. He's he is out on the road all time because he's a workaholic. And for information on what's going on out on the road, he's better than a newscast because he's there. He's in it. He sees it. He knows what it takes to prevent it. Uh, it's just it's just obvious things that you and I, we, we're not in it on a daily basis, minute to minute. So we don't have this knowledge. So... That's the reason Mr. Jim Mooney is a co-host of this show, because he is better than a roving reporter. He's been there, done that, and has about a three or 400 T-shirts because he gets orientated every day he drives that big old truck out on the road. 
and he does drive a big truck. I mean, he got some monster trucks over there. In fact, you have what thirty of those big all, total tow vehicles. Tows everything from a Rhino at Reed Park Zoo to a smart car. But he told me, nope, don't no, don't tow smart cars. Smart cars don't need to go on tow trucks because the driver is normally smart too. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no. Oh, when a car gets on a tow truck, it is not smart anymore. <laughs> it, it's doing some. <laughs> you, you know, you, you're talking about the driving. Um, you know, one thing we we don't discuss is driving conditions. When you're when you're out there driving, you know, know the conditions that you're driving. So we're, we're pretty fortunate here in Arizona. You know, the weather, although it's been a little crummy the last few weeks and it's rained intermittently. But you know we we can drive with the with the rain or whatever. But if you're driving in you know in Missouri where there's four feet of snow on the ground, you know bright lights may not be the best the best use of your headlights and dim lights and, or That's fog right. lights may be That's a right. better option. That's so right. If you guys are traveling out there and or you know if you're going up the hill Mount Lemmon or like I said you're out there in the middle of um you know some place where it's really cold. Uh, Midwest, um, you know, know know the conditions that you're driving and know what to do because you could just because you're going to have your bright lights on that may be more it might be more dangerous or you might be less effective than just running with regular lights on. So um, there's a lot of little things that that we forget about when we you know all the years we've been driving because we don't drive in certain conditions all the time. So if you're going, if you're traveling someplace, you know, just know where you're going so you know what to expect. And especially if it's snowy or, or going to be bad weather, you know, when they say, <laughs> I love it when they say chains are four-wheel drive, you know, I always think chains are probably the option over four-wheel drive because like Jerry and I both know, you get in a get in a Chevy Blazer with four-wheel drive and you, one wheel spins and you're stuck. <laughs> so... <laughs> Unless you, unless you think it's Jerry's place and, and had the entire and had the and had the transfer case rebuilt and put a locker in that thing, it you know you can think it's four wheel drive and it don't go anywhere and you just you know that's going to ruin your day. But um, and, when, and you the, know, I had, go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say was um, this week we had there was snow right we had snow here and, and a little bit of snow and people were having uh-huh. issues because because they're driving in snow and it was snow and slush and it wasn't even that much, but people were having slippery conditions. And what we needed was an hour and a half of sunlight. And all of a sudden those conditions went away. So again, you know, know where you're going and what you're doing so that you don't, because you don't want to get in a wreck just because, and and I understand you're going to be late an hour, uh, but you're late an hour. You're not dead. Just yeah, right. those are the things. It, it's okay. I, I know you're going to get yelled at to be late, or you might miss something. But okay, uh, it, it's a lot better. It's a lot better option. Trust me, it's a lot better option. So, well, if you're going to be late, you can always call your business and tell them, "Hey, I'm I'm stuck in traffic. Uh, I can't I can't. The traffic's not moving. I can't get out." get there i'm gonna be a few minutes late i don't know many business owners that's going to get excited about that uh i never did and i was in business still am 46 7 47 years and uh everything everything has a reason everything happens you know you could it's just 
it's just part of business, part of life, and life goes on. So don't extinguish your life. Stick around and see what else is coming. Um, speaking of life, did you ever wonder, people don't say, a question I've had to ask answer about three or four times is, Jerry, how do I tell I need a tune-up on these late model cars? A tune-up is an old expression back when they used a tuning fork on a Model A to tune the engine. Now, here lately, we have a little more better technology, but the life of a spark plug, I run across this, I thought this is just fantastic. The average life of a fire on a spark plug, that's how many times a spark plug actually fires in its lifetime, in a spark plug's lifetime, 27.5 million times to 110 million times. Each time it vaporizes a few molecules off of the spark plug electrodes. The results from that is low fuel economy, check engine light likes to come on, decreased performance, rough idle, and misfire. So, and they say your spark plugs will last 100,000 miles. Well, will they? We start looking at spark plugs at around 60,000. And remember, not all cars have 100,000-mile change generals. (coughs) Excuse me. On spark plugs. Your Hemi engine, the 06 Hemi that I'm most familiar with in my daughter's truck, 30,000 miles, and you go in, and you get the privilege of not changing eight, but 16 spark plugs. You have 16 spark plugs. That's quite a hit at 30,000 miles increments. So, you know, you, you have to know your vehicle. You have to know what to expect, and you have to plan accordingly in order to keep these things running right. Uh, the other hiccup with the uh, Hemi engine is the oil changes. You have to use the oil change, oil recommendations from the manufacturer, and you have to change it on the regular intervals that they call for in the manufacturer's owner's manual. If you don't, you're going to have problems with your uh, engine deactivation of the cylinders and all sorts of little goodies. That's not going to last as long as they're supposed to. The other one is the uh, advance, the timing advance and retard that they have on the um, uh, vehicles. Most of them, they used to be exclusively fired off by clean motor oil. In other words, the motor oil has to be in there and it'll it'll send the advance up on the timing or the advance down on the timing accordingly. And if you have dirty oil in your engine and it stays there, it's going to coke up, and that cylinder, that little valve, is not going to activate the way it's supposed to, and then you'll have a start problem. Um, and once that's cleaned out, it can be cleaned out, but you've got to be able to identify it first. And until you're familiar with those things like the shops are now, uh, it's hard to pin down because it, it really doesn't respond like everything else as far as all the warning lights and say, oh, by the way, your, your advance and your retard for your, uh, ignition system, your firing is not working properly. So 
So make sure that's another good reason for you to keep your oil changed on the regular intervals. Keep a good quality oil in there. If it calls for synthetic, use synthetic. Uh, if it calls for a synthetic blend, first thing I do with the first oil change is change it to full synthetic. And uh, it seems to work just fine. Don't change the viscosity on it because the heavier the oil is in there, the slower these little valves and stuff are going to work. So just that's my little technical tip for you today. All right, Jim, I am not going to buy a Tesla anytime soon. Tesla recalls all self-driving cars. It requires, oh, get this. I'm sure nobody out there driving these late model computers have ever heard this before. It requires a software update. And it says, Tesla recalls all self-driving cars. And, of course, there are more to the article than just that. Trust me. If you drive a Tesla, call in with your VIN number and find out if your car has been recalled. Then, to my surprise, a 2021 through 2023 Ram 6.7 diesel recall. They have a relay issue that uh, can cause a fire. And I'm going, what? But when, just remember, when you get your recall notice, take that son of a gun in. They'll fix it for free. But you need to pay attention. If it has fire attached to anywhere in the conversation, get your hiney in and get it fixed. If you've got a 2021 to 2023 Ram 6.7, I have an 18 6.7, but so far so good. Uh, make sure you check that out. This is not a game on this. Now, for the people that are driving electric vehicles and an article on new AGM batteries, which is absorbed glass mat batteries, connected batteries provide, they're connected now with a, a computer, provide real-time update on battery cell life and can even predict when failure will occur. And that's on your AGM batteries, available late this year, 2023. They're going to have them out there, so you'll have a little indicator. It'll tell you if they're good or bad. They're still working on the regular batteries. They haven't got that technology built into that yet. So there's, there's a little – that's good news for the batteries for these vehicles now. Um, EVs. EVs do need maintenance. They need brake fluid, power steering fluid, coolant, and most cases, transmission fluid. And they've got a couple of transmissions that don't require any fluid, but most of them, or I, I can't say most, I'll say a lot of them do require transmission fluid changes. That's something you just can't excuse from. When you say, okay, I'm going to get an EV because there's no maintenance required, that's totally false. You have to pay attention to them. Read the owner's manual. Read the owner's manual and follow it. But remember, if it's liquid, it's in a car, it's designed, it needs to be changed. I read an article on lifetime antifreeze, I mean lifetime uh, transmission fluid. 
Uh, and it, the article is almost comical. The guy says, you know, as long as I've been in business, and I guess he'd been in business for like 30, 40 years, and he said the fluid, the uh, cleaners and the additives in the fluids wear out. That's the reason they have to be changed. And so don't be misled and say, okay, I've got 150,000-mile antifreeze, and so I don't have to worry about it. No, you don't have to worry about it. You can wait and pay the ride. I mean, you lose that uh, cleaning ability and the lubes and stuff that goes inside those additive packages, and it's going to, you're going to suffer from it. It's going to get expensive to the billfold, and it's just not going to be exactly what you, you know, have. And another thing that uh, one out of five, one in five vehicles driven in the Land of Oz environment now, the Land of Oz environment is a perfect condition. 72 degrees year-round, no dust, bad weather, etc. Nothing. I mean, it's a Land of Oz. It, that thing is perfect environment. One in five vehicles driven in the Land of Oz environment. Only one out of five vehicles are driven with those conditions not available. I mean, as far as... 70, uh, they have 72 year round. There's no dust or bad weather. That means they park them in the garage and they drive them about one day a month or two months or something like that in perfect weather. But keep that in mind when you're getting ready to skirt your preventive maintenance programs on these things. Uh, and I'm telling you from 47 years in business, Tucson, Arizona is a extreme duty state. With the only thing out of 10 things that qualify you for severe duty is excessive cold and excessive rain, heavy rain. We do not have those in southern Arizona anyway. We have, you know, in northern Arizona, it's not long enough to change it. So what you want to do is go to your extreme duty. Read what it says on the extreme duty, extreme service, and stuff like that. They have a, a extra severe duty. That'd be for your contractors, trucks, and stuff that play nothing but dirt and mud and all that stuff. But just remember, go to your extreme duty. If you go to your extreme duty maintenance schedule in your owner's manual, you will absolutely be elated over the period of time that you own that car. It will save you up to 40 to 50% in breakdown costs if you'll just maintain these things. And this has been around for a long time. There was a 10-year survey done on this thing to come up with the numbers on it, and it's real. We've seen it at the shop. We're still seeing it at the shop for the people who maintain their vehicles. So that's what you want to do. Uh, another FYI, Motor uh, Magazine News Division, over 56,000 hydrogen vehicles sold by the end of 2022. More than one half sold in Korea. Korea has a hydrogen. Toyota has a hydrogen. And, of course, your Hyundai, who is Korea, they have hydrogen vehicles. The only problem with that is the same thing that we've got with electric vehicles now. We don't have the infrastructure set up to handle it. They are working on that. So hydrogen, it, it burns just as clean as electric, I guess. 
And for the do-it-yourselfers, do not use tap water when you flush your radiator and you're blending your own antifreeze. Going back, you pour your antifreeze in, your right mixture, 50-50 is all you need. And then you're going to top it off with water. You use distilled water. You don't use tap water because tap water has chemicals in it, and it will, it'll, it's bad for your cooling system. It'll start to build up on the inside of it because you got all those extra chemicals and the hard water and all that stuff that goes with it. So for people who are changing the fluid and the radiators and flushing the radiators, don't use tap water. Get distilled water as cheap as it can be. Buy the gallon containers. Get you about three gallons so you'll have enough. You may have a little left over. That's all right. It don't go bad. Leave it in the bottle and use it next time. So now... That's what I've got to say so far this morning. What have you got to say, Mr. Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing? Oh, I was I, I was uh, on your recalls for the the fire, uh, the relay with ish initiates can initiate a fire on the diesel. Uh, yeah, on, yeah, on the diesel. Actually, there's there's a lot of manufacturers that have recalls for fires. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and so we just won't pick on the Dodge. I mean, Ford has them, Chevy has them, everybody's got them. Um, if, if all the recalls you want to deal with, that's the one you want to get bent. If it's going to cause a fire, that's the one you need to get taken care of. Because a fire, and, that, and folks, I've seen these, I've seen it quite a few times. Uh, fires, in, electrical fires or fires in general in a vehicle are devastating. Uh, just it takes just a small amount of uh, heat and fire to wipe out the computers. I mean, think about it. Would you would you take your phone and put it in the oven? No, you would. So a vehicle computer is the same thing. Um, fires have a tendency to extreme. To, well, one short out all the wires because now they're melted together. Two, the, um, the extreme heat goes wreaks havoc with the chip system. But probably the worst thing is the smoke. The smoke from the fire is so acidic that it just, and it permeates into everything, everything in your vehicle. So if it's an interior, you can tell if there's been a fire because there's just the, the amount of rust and corrosion that's in the, on the interior of your vehicle. Under the hood, um, you, what you get is it's not quite so bad because it's a little less uh, enclosed, but you still get a lot of smoke damage just from fire. Um, and even if you put it out and, and repair all the wires, there's a lot of that. The smoke itself being acidic causes a lot of damage to sensors, uh, relays. If it's inside the vehicle, uh, dash systems, anything inside the vehicle, radios, you know, steering wheels, all that stuff is has issues because of smoke. So when you see that they have a recall and it says may cause fire, that's one of the ones you want to stop right away and go, oh, okay, I need to get this fixed immediately. Because if you don't and something happens and you go back to whoever and say, hey, oh, my car caught on fire and there was a recall, and they're like, well, did you have the recall fixed? Well, no, I didn't. And I'm like, well, you know, that's really too bad you should we told you about it and sent you a letter and you know emailed it and put it on put it on the web and blah 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 blah. blah. we did everything we thought we should and you didn't listen to us so not our problem 
if you go get it fixed and it and it occurs, well, then you got a leg to stand on. And I don't know about you, but it's, vehicles are kind of expensive out there. You don't want to have lose your vehicle because a relay shorts out and causes a fire that you know totals your car. Because if you don't, if the once if once it catches on fire, it don't take long for it to burn to the ground. Fifteen minutes and it's all over with. If, if five minutes and it's it's beyond it's almost total, but you know fifteen minutes that car's gone. There there ain't nothing left of it. If it's in the garage, and now it's your house. But um, you know, if it's outside, 15 minutes, things—it's nothing but burned-up sheet metal. So it's really, really critical that you get on these these um, uh, recalls, especially fire-related ones. Um, so I—I I only say that because I just—I've seen it. I've seen it a lot of times. Um, uh, it's and you know everybody thinks oh it's no big deal. How bad could it be? Well. Jerry will tell you, he's told you a million times, OEMs do not put out a recall just for the sake, just for fun of it. It's not something they want to do. You know, they do it because they there's a problem that they've identified and they want to get it fixed for their liability. They want to make sure that they're covered. So they, these are not just willy-nilly issued because they think the paint doesn't glisten properly. They take these things seriously, and so should you. Um, Correct. So that's what I got to say on the recalls, Jerry. Well, good. I got one more to add on uh, issues. You mentioned other motor companies. Yeah, I could I could go in every week and come up with uh, ten recalls on on just about anybody out there. Uh, Tesla is number one for electric vehicles on recalls. Uh, Volkswagen backs it up for the little cars. Uh, Ford Motor Company's got a buttload of them. Uh, Ford uh, was having, and still, I guess, is having a little quality issue that they're working on. Uh, I've seen one on Ford Lightning that got my attention. The Ford Lightning, which is electrical, the Ford Lightning electrical. they got more horsepower, more torque than anything. I mean, they're just incredible. Real impressive to look at, good-looking truck. And uh, I guess they're having, on their late model one, uh, an issue with the batteries in them. Uh, batteries being able to supply the full system, but I figured that I figured that when I seen the truck. I said they're they they're going to have a nightmare trying to keep the battery system up to this truck, because if you can park it out and use it at a construction site and run electrical outlets out of it and do all of that, uh, I'm going. Where's the battery power going to come from? I mean, how long will these batteries last? Because they're already having an overheat problem with the batteries. They're working on that. They're using dielectric grease now to try to uh, get the uh, continuity broken inside of a battery so that they don't track from one cell to another cell. So there's a lot of stuff still going on, and it's still R&D. It's electric vehicles, to me, is an R&D project. It's ongoing until I feel comfortable and buy an electric vehicle. And, I, of course, I'm a little more picky, I guess. I don't know if I'm picky or just afraid. I'm more I, – I don't like fires at all. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just – I'm going to wait until they get the bugs out of them. I do like the hybrids. I even like the electric vehicles. But you really, really should do – make sure you research that thing to the nth degree – and make sure that that's the vehicle that you want to drive in and make sure you know what your driving requirements are going to be and you don't get the cheapest EV because the cheapest EV has the shortest driving range. 
So keep that in mind when you're buying these things. Tesla advertises one for 660 miles. Well, that may be 660 miles inside of a boot sitting on a dyno. Uh, you may be able to get that where the temperature is – well, it's a land of Oz. All, every, all the factors have been taken out, and they're just looking for a cell point on this electric vehicle because they know that the driving range is going to be the big hang-up on this. So uh, everything that they're going to do for marketing aspect is going to be this is the best. I mean, we can get this. Tesla gets 660. BMW only gets 450. Now, if you want to travel a lot, which one would you buy? You know, that's the thing. That's their thinking. That's that's in my opinion, my opinion only. That to me doesn't sound like a real world. Take it to North Dakota when the temperature is six degrees below zero and see how far you get on that like, on that battery that's got to operate everything inside off of battery power, and you're cruising down a freeway where you don't have any kind of regenerative uh, type electric going back to the batteries because you're cruising. You're not starting to stop at the stop signs and stop lights and all of that. So it is a world of information out there that own these electric vehicles. Now, you can, I, I don't, I'm not even going to get in on what it takes because electric's got to come from someplace. And I still think that your electric is probably powered up by either natural gas or fuel or coal. So let's don't get into the environment thing on this. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough time on the radio today, tomorrow, or any other day to cover that issue. That'll work its way out, or it'll work it out to where you understand it better. Let's put it that way. Don't think, oh, I don't have to buy gas. Okay, so you don't have to buy gas. You still have to pay for the, to charge these things up, but you don't have to buy gas. That's true. It's very true. It's clean for the environment. So is hydrogen. So is uh, propane, natural gas. That stuff is cleaned also. So, you know, just be careful when you're buying this thing. Make sure that your home, if it's a, got to put a station at your home, that your home is has the right amount of electricity feed to the home. And it'll it'll power up a 220 plug or, you know, there's three stages of uh, charging. There's a 110, a 220, and a 440. And most places are not set up for 440, so you'll have to settle for a 220 and hope like the Dickens have an electrician check it to make sure that you can even get it put in before you buy it. Charging station, about $3,500. So uh, just, and of course, you say, well, I, I, I'm saving money on gas. Well, how much gas can you buy for $3,500? Uh, so just just be careful. Do your homework when you're looking to buy these little electric cars. Right now, the hybrid still is the number one, as far as I'm concerned, until they get all the bugs worked out because a hybrid uh, battery, they recharge themselves as you drive. And they've got that little three-cylinder motor, a little four-cylinder up front. It gets good fuel economy, and it's constantly recharging your batteries. So that's, that's all i got to say about electric vehicles right now. And if you crash out on the road because you're not paying attention or you just um, it's an accident, which you just have an accident, Spectre Minor Road Auto, Auto Collision Center, 
520-744-4454. They had 4425 West Ina. Excellent shop. And like most of your good shops, your big shops, uh, it's going to take a while to get it fixed because, <clears throat> believe it or not, all of the aftermarket parts and your suppliers for automotive repair and collision repair, it's still not back up to what it was prior to COVID. So just allow for a little extra time. Uh, check your insurance policies and make sure. Uh, I talked to a lady last week that uh, her insurance would only cover her rental car for 30 days. Well, the insurance companies have paid over 300% more out in accident-related uh, crashes over, I think that's 2022. And so your premiums in 23 are going up. If they haven't gone up already, you will be getting a notification. You will be getting a premium adjustment on it because they had to wait for the information to get in so they'd know how to calculate the premiums for the next coming year. And so that's what's happened. So when you get that insurance increase, that's where it's coming from. Uh, I guess there was a lot more fatalities, which is insurance-related, and a lot more crashes, and that's what shot it right up through the roof. So 300% is quite an increase for insurance company payouts. Trust me, that's an increase, really big increase. So Spectre Minor Road, if you need your car repaired, all you got to do is, you know, have Frontier Tow and tow it over there. Um, call your insurance agent, get a claim number on it, give that claim number to Javier or Echo or whoever else answers your phone over there. And they'll take it from there because there's a lot of photo work, a lot of digital work that has to be done when these vehicles roll in. In order to get the correct estimate on it, they'll have a primary estimate. They always have a secondary estimate because they have to straighten stuff out and get access to it just to find it, which takes time. And then they'll take all the photos. Everything will be – you'll have a, a, a photo file on this thing that the insurance companies get, and they see what the shop is actually talking about, and that's how you get your claims adjusted to cover the risk of the problem. All right. Now, well, let me Jim? Jump one thing back on your, let me jump one thing back on your Go list. ahead. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, while we're, talking, we're talking about electrics and, and, and vehicles and um, crashes, Oh, so, when we're driving cars, from time to time we have, you know, collisions. Sometimes they're small fender benders, you know, so we bump a curb or we we bump a, a pole, and you know, we're not happy, but the vehicle still drives and it, everything looks okay on it, right? It looks, oh, the fender might have a little dent in it, or you know, maybe I cracked the headlight, but I can get a new headlight, or maybe I backed up and I cracked the taillight. But with electrics, there's a little 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 bit different. So if we're driving, you know, and I'm not the best driver and I drive over a curb and I bend my front suspension, um, you know, I get it, I take it to Jerry and I get the, I have the wheel replaced and the spindle and he sends it on down the road. Well, electrics are a little different. If you damage the battery compartment, the containment compartment, like drive over a curb and you dent it, you, have, you run the risk of having a short in the battery system because the battery is now compromised. 
You can't see inside of it, and nobody can. Not like we have X-ray vision. When you when the when the when the battery containment area gets gets a dent in it or has a has a has been crushed or ruptured, there's the likelihood that the battery is going to short out inside is pretty high. Now, you won't uh, you may know know right away because maybe the car starts to get hot and heat up and do all kinds of funny things, or the car shuts down because you've shorted out the battery. Or it may just go along, and you just don't even know it. And then and the, as the battery sits in there, it starts rubbing, and then all of a sudden, two days later or a month later, it shorts out. And then it catches on fire. And this is really, really critical on electric vehicles. If that battery catches, shorts out and starts a fire, it's really hard to put out. Really, really challenging. So if you so if you have that in your garage, it's going to catch your garage on fire, along with your house. So if you're driving an electric vehicle and you drive over something like a curb, and you and you scrape the bottom, if you scrape anywhere on the bottom of the car, you need to stop. You need to stop right away and have it checked because we see them a lot where because electrics are becoming more prevalent. Real high-end vehicles are handled a certain way. So, for example, if it's a $100,000 car, it might not be driven the way we drive a $30,000 car because a lot of people drive cars as tools, and I'll run that thing. I'll put gas in it. I'll never change the oil. I'll never change the air filter. I'll never change the tires. I'll run it until it dies. And when it dies, I'll get out of it, and I'll go get another one. And I I know that happens because I tow a lot of those cars. So as electrics become more prevalent, you know, and people are just driving them as utility vehicles, and damage occurs, unless you know that, that you should be looking for this type of damage, of, you know, you drive your car and two days later it catches on fire, you're not going to, you're going to be very surprised. Also, if you're in a collision with an electric vehicle, get out and, and stand away. Because a collision in an electric vehicle, again, you don't know if the battery is going to catch on fire. And there's no way to know. And unless you're, unless you get in there and, can look at the battery and see how it shorts out. Because the reason why I know is because from crashes, we tow cars and they catch on fire, especially electrics. And we're driving down the road, thing shorts out, catches on fire, great, we have to set it on the ground, call the fire department back, and that's the kind of things that we deal with. So you, when you're handling an electric car, there's a, you have to have a little bit different mindset when it comes to collisions. So if, you get in a, if you're in a crash with an electric car, get it off the side of the road if you can, Get, and then get out of it. Get out of it and stand back. Because if it catches on fire, eh, you're not getting it out. And there ain't nothing. There ain't no amount of fire extinguishers on the planet that can put it out. They just basically we put water on them. There's there's a, there's a ton of different procedures that people have, but in reality, they they catch on fire and burn a long time. So just be careful with them. If you if you crash them, if you're not crashing them. And, or, or recalling the self-driving. If the self-driving crashes you, you know you, that'd be a problem. But just be careful on that. To, it's something to know because you don't. You just don't want to get put in that situation. If you can walk away and the car burns to the ground, well, at least the car burned to the ground. You're okay. You, you'll you'll get another car. Maybe you won't get electric, but you'll get another car. But at least you got walked away, <laughs> and that's and that's the key right there. So, but um, but yeah. So I I just want to say that because. As we get more and more into the electric world, there's there's things that people don't. They just you know we're used to driving gas cars, 
you know, I mean, I've seen people get into electric cars and they don't even, you know, how do you even turn it on? You know, it's totally different. How do you turn it on? What do you do? So, so and not, no, nobody gets a lot of training on this until you get in and start driving it. So, and and people aren't saying, hey, by the, you know, the OEM doesn't say, oh, by the way, if you crash the car, the battery can catch on fire and burn to the ground. So, hey, um, just uh, don't worry about that. You know, they they don't tell you because, well, they, they nobody knows yet. But we know, but we know that if an electric vehicle battery catches on fire, it's a long burning fire, and it's gonna it's gonna be a lot very hot. It's gonna burn a long time, and it can happen at any time after a damage to the the electric battery compartment takes place. So something Whoa. to think about when you're driving one. Okay, now that you scared me to death. Um. <laughs> I don't want to scare you to death. I just want you to be aware. I, I don't want to scare oh, anybody yeah. to death, but I want people to be aware that that this that these this is it's it's like anything. You know, if if you if you don't you know if you don't check your brakes, if you don't change your brakes, and your brakes go metal to metal, you're not going to stop, and then you're going to have a crash, right? So, you know, we and we understand that today. We just don't. We haven't been educated on electric vehicle procedures and maintenance yet because we're, it's just not there. We're not there yet. We haven't. People, they're not prevalent enough. They're coming along, and as they come on, think all these things will be brought to your attention, and you'll be you'll understand. And you know, people will talk about it and go, "Oh yeah, my car got damaged, and you know, thankfully that they were able to. I got to the to the shop, and the guy got the battery out of it, and you know, it was it was it wasn't it was damaged, so we got a new battery." You know, at the cost of however many thousand dollars, but we got a new battery in it and replaced it, and nothing nothing bad happened, which is which is what's going to take place. Versus, I had no idea that it catch catch on fire. I just want people to be aware of as we start into this new technology that, you know, there there it's little things. You know, if you know that this could happen, then you know what to look for. You know what to look for. You can just be safer. That's all. I mean, you're not you're not going to fix everything, but. You know, it'd be just like if I said, you know, it's pretty common knowledge. If your brakes, if you don't check your brakes and they wear out, you're not going to stop. Well, now it's it's and now the knowledge is if I if I run over something and damage the bottom of my car, uh, I I should probably have it looked at immediately, not not in a week or a month or two years. I need I need to go get it looked at immediately today, or I need to get something right. to look at it immediately. Whatever the case may be. So that way, that way, it's, you know, we you you're ahead of the curve. You're ahead of the curve on this. You're 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 forward on it, and you've got you know you're getting it investigated. That that's all. That way, that way, you you don't have to worry. Because I can tell you, I'm not an absolutely. I'm not an expert in, in electric battery cases. I've seen them wrecked and dented, but I couldn't tell you if it's going to short out inside. I mean. There's no way to know. There's no way for me to know. I'd have to get, you know, have to watch the guys tear it apart and see. And nobody knows until you take the thing out and look at it. So, well, I do know that all of, I I do know that all of your uh, EMS, your fire department, your first responders and stuff had to go to school with electric vehicles. You know, and anything with uh, propane. I mean, what happened when the truck crashed out on uh, I-10 last week? It turned over in the side, and they shut down half the west, uh, southeast Tucson because of the uh, fumes and the burning off and all of that stuff. I never did figure out what happened there. Do you have any insight on that, Jim? Oh, well, yeah, I was there twice. 
Oh. <laughs> well, lucky, lucky me. <laughs> I I get to go twice yeah. to the wreck. Uh, um, so the what happened was the guy was driving, and um, the the there was a, the original the original thought was that the wind a wind gust um, initiated the rollover. But they think it was. By the time they got all done, they think that there was a, a medical, a medical event occurred with the driver, causing him to roll the vehicle. Okay, so the vehicle rolled mm-hmm. into the middle in the median, and during the roll, mm-hmm. um, the nitric acid uh, containment units, the vessels, became ruptured. Now, when I was there, lucky for me because I got to be there at five o'clock on Tuesday, you know, two hours after it happened. Um, I'm like, yay, <laughs> yay! I want to be here. <laughs> Just so you know, guys, standing in hazardous smoke is not something I recommend, nor do I want to do it. Okay, but I, it's a job I have, so we go out and take care of the scenes that we have, and then we leave. You know, so I actually had to go out and take care of a take care of a job, uh, some stuff out there on the job site, and then leave while they did more work to contain this stuff. Um, at any rate, so the um, the nitric acid, one of the vessels had actually rolled to the to the um, passenger side. So if you're going eastbound, it would be on your right. So it was actually not in the meeting; it was actually across the road. And it, and of course, this, the wind was blowing, and you know they were. It was it was quite quite the fun day. So you know, <laughs> when you get told, hey, if you feel a burning sensation in your lungs, you need to leave. I'm sitting there thinking, well, well by then I'm probably not going to be able to be able to breathe. So, um, but yeah, it's. Um, there was a it was there was a it was a pretty bad accident um unfortunately the driver did not make it through the uh through the crash um long time you know there was subsequent crashes after the fact um there were subsequent crashes on other roads due to detours so i mean that that kind of event you know we all suffered through for for two and a half days that's that's why it's really critical that you know that um you stay on top of your stuff. And for us, just like like me, you know, not only do I stay on top of my trucks, I have to stay on top of me, which means that so everybody knows when you drive commercial trucks, you have to be medically qualified. Like me, I go get I go to the doctor, the I go to the the DOT doctor every two years, and I get a full physical to make sure that I can drive down the road, and every truck driver has to do it. And the reason why they do that is so that events like this don't happen, you know, so somebody doesn't have a uh, a medical issue that causes a, a catastrophic event. Because for us, this is a catastrophic event. A rollover of this magnitude hasn't happened here in a very long time. I haven't seen one in, with hazardous, with leaking hazardous waste in a long time. Now, I'm not saying there hasn't been hazardous loads tipped over. Tanker trucks roll, that's hazardous. Um, uh, battery trucks roll, those are hazardous. But a leaking vessel like this is, has I haven't seen one in a really, really long time. So it's and it's you know, obviously we have to make sure the scene is secure and safe and make sure that they that, you know, people aren't endangered, so it causes a lot of headache for us. And since I ten is the th- the corridor through town, um going a route around it doesn't exist except on surface streets, so that that's why it was such a long um laborious process. Yeah. But yeah, that was it was wow. it was a fun day. That was a fun day. Well, glad it was you and not me. Um nothing personal. Exactly. But, you know. That's what that's what everybody <laughs> told me. That was you and not me. 
and I know, well, I, I know I'm on the expendable list now. Hey, you are expendable. <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, now, on electric vehicles, you mentioned one time that there's a special process that you have to go through when the battery goes dead out on the freeway in order to unlock the braking system. Uh, have they made that any better for you? I mean, do you is it easier now to unlock these vehicles because uh, when a when when the battery quits on a car on an electric car rolling down the freeway, does it lock the wheels up or does it just put apply brakes until it stops and you can't release the brakes? So what happens is the electric motor um, actually when you when it has has a lock in it has a brake in it and when it it's mm-hmm. it you power it on to release it and then you and when when it's while driving it's powered on but when the battery's just like a just like a train brake or a truck maxi brake when the there's no power it by default tr- engages so the car can't roll away mm-hmm. so oh. so what happens is, is you okay. have to have vehicle power to turn to release the brake to release the motor so that the car will roll. There is a special procedure to un to un uh, re- to release the brakes while the vehicle has power. So, but if there's no power, it's locked, and no, it doesn't roll. You have to jack you have to jack something it and roll it on jacks. Of course, if it's wow. been wrecked, you you putting jacks underneath it isn't always a, an um, optimal condition. And if it's wrecked in the middle of the freeway, you know, it doesn't really matter at that point. You're getting it moved irregardless of, of the the type of movement. It's going to get moved out of the way so that we don't have another crash. And that's what the main deal is. People have to understand that during uh, an emergency situation, your vehicle gets moved. You may not like it, but it's, and I understand that, that you may not like it, but you got your vehicle uh-huh. is going to get moved so that so somebody else doesn't get injured and the thought is that the, your vehicle is your vehicle is not worth somebody's life so that's that's how that's how right. the, how law enforcement treats it but at any rate i think we're coming up to the top of the hour jerry yeah i think we're we almost there well we, we uh, talked a lot well there's a lot of a lot of stuff to be said a lot of stuff to be said and hopefully people picked up on it. Uh, but I'm, I'm as concerned, well, Rex, safety, drive safe. We're going to have to take a break here in probably 30 seconds. And, um, yep, 30 seconds. So I'm going to sign off for right now for this hour. You're listening to Ryan.